Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Whoa, hi. Caught me by surprise. Uh, it is uh, October 27th. It is one week before the election. Uh, it is a Tuesday, and that means Susan's on the line. Hi, Suze. Hi. Well, that Hello. was you were pretty sure of me. <laughs> yeah, I've decided I'm I'm going to think positively. So I knew you would be there. Um. Uh, I should add, when I said it was October 27th, that this was a a date that also is is fraught. And I mentioned right. it yesterday, but I want to mention it again. Um, that this is the date that at this point, um, I think years ago, we started to know it happened at, I believe nine, it was between nine and 10 in the morning. So it, it's almost exactly, uh, two years since, uh, tree of life. I want to say a few things. Um, I want to say that the guy who did it, you know, is still enjoying life in prison. (laughs) He is fighting um, in every way with a full set of attorneys. He, um, He lived right outside of Pittsburgh in Baldwin Township. I mean, if you wouldn't know the difference between that and Pittsburgh, the city. And when he came that morning two years ago, what drove him was the information that that one of the synagogues in that building had been part of something called National Refugee Shabbat, Shabbat, the Hebrew word for Sabbath. And that was a, a, a that was an event sponsored by the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, Hias. Now, he considered Hias a uh, a group that he linked to George Soros, who was bent, he thought, on uh, having invader, helping invaders come into our country and kill us all. And in fact, the last thing he put on social media before he went and did what he did was he said this, Hyas likes to bring invaders in that kill our people. I can't sit by and watch my people get slaughtered. I'm going in. And so he did. Now, I bring that up because that you can draw a direct line from that to the rhetoric of Donald Trump. Yep. Yep. Because the beginning where we started the demonization of the other and the immigrant coming across that southern border to rape and murder was Donald Trump the day he announced his campaign for the presidency. That was the bedrock on which he announced it. And people believed it, and Fox News and others, you know, amplified it. And this is what happens. The blood of those 11 people are on Donald Trump's hands. And I have no compunction whatsoever saying that. And his insistence on coming here after when the mayor of the city begged him not to, when the mayor of the city refused to acknowledge him, is just another indication of how, think of how many times this president has gone someplace where the people of the place have said, we don't want you, please don't come. He, this happens all the time with him. Yeah, in Wisconsin it's happened repeatedly. We're, we're, right trying not to die here, and he's gathering people together on purpose. That's right. 
or Kenosha, where he went in there to make political hay. Well, it turns out that the bigger story for Wisconsin people is COVID. (laughs) So Trump has so much blood on his hands, it's unbelievable. But two years ago, uh, today, that most unthinkable thing happened. The the most uh, deadly attack on Jews in this country's history. And I mentioned it yesterday, Susan, and I received an email since that I want to share. It's from uh, Milton, who is a wonderful member of our audience because he he offers so much uh, to to all of us in his emails. Um, and I just want to read part of what he he said. Milton lives in Columbus, Ohio now, but he lived um, grew up and lived here in Pittsburgh most of I think most of his life. I had mentioned one of the people um, that was killed because I used to see him all the time standing across from the synagogue. He was hard to miss. He was huge. He was this big, tall man who you could tell was not quite, you know, right. He, in fact, had, um, you know, cognitive disabilities. I don't know what the right term is that we use. Um, And he, he was killed that day, along with his brother, who also had the same kind of cognitive disabilities. And the one I saw all the time standing there across and wondering about him um, is the person that Milton writes about. And I want to share this with everybody. You mentioned David Rosenthal this morning and how you'd often see him standing outside of Tree of Life. I just wanted to let you know why he so often stood there just outside the synagogue. I was the receptionist at the Children's Institute for 16 years. Susan, that is essentially across the street from Tree of Life. I was the receptionist at the Children's Institute. For the last eight years that I worked there, I was the supervisor of the receptionist and security staff. And in that role, it was my job to fill in whenever staff called off a requested vacation time, which meant that I ended up filling in a lot on Friday and Saturdays. It, I've lost my place. It was during these times that I got to know many members of Tree of Life. David was a fixture in the Institute's lobby on Saturdays, usually arriving about an hour before the first Saturday morning service. He'd sit in the lobby for a while, then head over to Tree of Life. He was a big man, and his mental challenges would sometimes manifest themselves through sudden, sometimes aggressive-seeming gesticulations and body tics, which made some people uncomfortable. But he was a gentle giant. And so while at first it seemed unusual that he would show up every Saturday morning, after a short while, I began to look forward to seeing him. It was about two years before I found out why he was always there so promptly and consistently, consistently. and why sometimes on random days I'd see him standing on Wilkins, the street it's on, just out in front of the synagogue. It was explained to me by one of the congregants that he was one of the men designated by the congregation to be close by in case there were not enough men present to form a minion. Um, A minion is 10 men, and it is the requirement for prayer, although that has been Uh, in many congregations, uh, uh, conservative and reformed Judaism, women are now counted. But um, 
so he was this designated guy in case they couldn't pray because they needed another man it's it's a jewish it's a it's it's a jewish quorum yes <laughs> that yeah, is necessary uh, it's a jewish quorum that is necessary to pray yeah and milton goes on to say and apparently this was a responsibility that david accepted with great zeal I'm not even sure that he had a complete understanding of that role historically in his faith. But I do know that no greater cognitive appreciation could have made him more dedicated and devoted to his mission. So on that awful morning two years ago, as the first reports began to trickle in on CNN of the unimaginable massacre happening at Tree of Life, the realness of that event, an event the likes of which I'd heard so many times, I'd also almost become numb to the carnage. But that became the gut punch you talked about this morning. I knew so many members of that congregation, but it was David who became the face of that tragedy. I knew as I watched that he'd be one of the victims because I knew he'd have been there, just like he'd have been on all those Saturday mornings as we quietly watched the season change in that lobby across the street. So, and that is why I saw him all the time. Standing there like a sentinel, mm-hmm. ready to, oh, God almighty. Ready, ready to serve if necessary. Right. right. And I um, I want to thank Melton very much for that beautiful uh, explanation. Really incredible. Thank you. <coughs> okay. God almighty. So, Susan, there, yeah. I'm looking at a picture in the uh, New York Times of a woman here in Pennsylvania, and her name is Susan Miller. Really? There's so many of them. I know. Susan started as Susan Miller. I started life as Susan Beth Miller, and in our small Jewish synagogue, there were there were two of me. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. I, I mean, there is a reason why I took my husband's name in the seventies, and if, and and it was because away, even though right? I had to spell it for the rest of my life, I wouldn't be one of seventy-five million. Of course, it didn't occur to me that I was I was then becoming my sister-in-law. Oh, <laughs> so you couldn't get away. You were there's always no, somebody. but I because my husband had a sister named Susie, named who is named Susie, and there have been several times uh, during uh, my uh, life since I married Eric, um, where I would be introduced as you know Sue Nutzel or Susan Nutzel or something, and somebody would look at me with a you know just this look of what happened to you. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, you changed. What the hell? I mean, the last time I looked, you looked like this Catholic person, and now you're, you're Jewish. What happened to you? Well, when I used to say that. I actually used to say, it's fine. I'm still her. I converted. <laughs> well, I want to share with you some of what this Susan Miller says. It turns out this Susan Miller has not has only voted once in her life. Okay, well, we're different. Yeah, (laughs) oh, yeah. She's 42 years old. She's a waitress at a pancake house in Stroudsburg. She only voted once in her life, and that was, at least it was a good vote. 2008, she voted for Barack Obama, but never again. And the quote that's under her picture in the New York Times today is, I try to avoid it because it gets angry and nasty. And this is an article about people who don't 
vote. And a lot of them say that. It's so nasty, and you can't believe anybody, and blah, 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 blah. In fact, in Pennsylvania, three and a half million eligible voters did not vote in the last election. That's just it's something that just makes me crazy. But this one woman, 42, I try to avoid it because it gets angry and nasty. And she goes on to talk about the fact that she is really struggling. She is scrambling to pay her rent. Uh, waitress tips are way, 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 way down. She's struggling to buy groceries. She's started working at Instacart to make up uh, a little more money. Um, two of her close relatives have died of COVID. And here's her quote. Politics? It's the least of my worries. And you want to say, my God, woman. You just want to shake her. What do you think is causing this? My God, woman. You're, you have a vote that can help you get out of this horror. The, the relatives dying. The, your job gone south. Your inability. My God. Politics. It's the least of my worries. That, I mean, literally unable to connect this, this election, this politics thing to her own reality, to her, the, the well, impact you know, I, on it, her it, own it, life. What is I – can't, I can't even – I'm a blah, 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 blah. Because she secretly or, or unconsciously actually believes the Trump line. That yeah. there's nothing to be done. That you know that this is just the way it is, and blah blah blah. And certainly not his fault. I mean, there's nothing that that there's there's nothing that can control or in any way change the course of I don't know the world just going on and on and on and on. And it's and those people I think are are really just Trump voters. And if she doesn't want to vote, I'm ashamed of her. But okay. She wasn't going to vote for Biden. Well, you don't know. Well, I think she if just she can't draw get, the line. No, because she's been her head has been polluted by Fox News and all and the everybody who's tried to make Americans think that none of this, you know, it, it can. There's nothing one can do about any of this. This is just, this is the, you know, they've been peddling this total cynicism about our system, our institutions, our our voting, our this and that. And people who aren't necessarily Trump voters, I think, have taken it in. I think a lot of people have taken it in. Yeah, she might have been a Trump voter, but you don't know. Well, what I'm saying is not that she would identify that way, but that she, exactly what you're saying, that they have, you know, just absorbed this misinform these lies. I'm not I'm going to stop calling things misinformation or just uh, these lies. Yeah. Yeah. And people that can't distinguish lies from truth. Um, I don't know. I, you know, may generally seem to be voting in all in one way if they vote. Oh dear! And in fact, you know, the landslide that I hope is going to occur is because a lot of those people actually started paying attention and realized no, things didn't have to be this way, and somebody was actively working to make things worse. Well, Milton has emailed again. <laughs> he said, he's quoting Bertolt Brecht, okay? Mm -hmm. Here's what he said. And he was a smart guy. I don't know what this is, but I'm going to read it. The worst illiterate is the political illiterate. He hears nothing sees nothing, takes no part in political life. 
He doesn't seem to know that the cost of living, the price of beans, of flour, of rent, of medicines, all depend on political decisions. He even prides himself on his political ignorance, sticks out his chest and says he hates politics. He doesn't know, the imbecile, that from his political non-participation comes the prostitute, the abandoned child, the robber, and worst of all, corrupt officials, the lackeys of exploitative multinational corporations. Yow! Well, it shows you that these political literates have been around all the time. Yeah. And that they can't connect the price of beans to their ability to vote. Well, here's the good news, though. A federal judge this morning denied the Justice Department's effort to intervene in the defamation lawsuit. Yeah, brought by the woman he raped in uh, where, whatever, Bergdorf Goodman or whatever. Yeah, right, or wherever it was. I don't know. In a... Yeah, but you know how many times she's won cases and nothing ever happens. They just keep they well because they they aren't there yet. I mean, <laughs> the, the the wheels of justice grind slowly. Yeah. Well, somewhere I also read that justice was supposed to be speedy as well. God dang it. Okay, speaking of justice, we now have a totally a full court. Yeah, we have a full court. Wonderful. I'd like to be, I mean, it's so full, it's basically overstuffed. Yeah. And it's overstuffed with political lackeys. One third of that court was put on there by Donald Trump. One third. There are presidents who serve for eight years who don't get to put that many justices on a court. And this jerk, with a help, a great assist from uh, Mitch McConnell and the Republicans. Uh, Just amazing. So we've got now this 6-3 court, and uh, they'll jump right in. And guys, hold on to your hats because this is going to be really hard. This court is not in any way representative of the will of the people now, but it is representative of a minority, a real minority of Americans. And they tend to be white, Christian, rich, and powerful. And into calling their women handmaids. Yeah, it's true. So there was another case that just came out of this court that uh, makes it more difficult for all the votes to be counted in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. In Wisconsin. They uh, – there was – this is without Amy this, being yeah, there. Yeah, 5-3. It was without Amy. So it, Yeah, so Roberts was with the other – others, 5-3. And they said that, no, um, if a ballot gets there um, any time later than November 3rd, it cannot be counted, even though we have a crippled post office, even though we have an onslaught of mail-in ballots, even though if it is postmarked a week before the election, that vote will not count. And they could still do the same thing here in Pennsylvania because they lost one round in that regard, and they went right back. No, the Supreme Court said no, and they went right back on another – you know, just another angle and are asking for an immediate second – you know, second decision. And judging from what they just did here in Wisconsin – uh, Pennsylvania is not going to be able to count uh, a lot of its ballots. And Pennsylvania was a much more – they were asking to count ballots as, mu- as long as three days after November 3rd if postmarked properly. If postmarked by November 3rd, right. Right, right. So 
I want to just read to you a chilling, um, what do they call this, concurrence um, in the opinion on the Wisconsin case. that, And this came down, what, just yesterday? Yeah. Um, and, and Justice Kavanaugh wrote this. And it's chilling. I want you to listen. For important reasons, most states, including Wisconsin, require absentee ballots to be received by Election Day, not just mailed by Election Day. Those states want to avoid the chaos and suspicions of impropriety that can ensue if thousands of absentee ballots flow in after Election Day and potentially flip the results of an election. Well, yes, because they're votes, and they should be counted. Right, right. Listen, and he's not done. And those states also want to be able to definitively announce the results of the election on election night or as soon as possible thereafter. We have been told how many times that that is not going to be possible, including states like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, where they can't start counting absentee ballots. We have been told we won't know until Friday and that the initial vote count is not the count, even though the Republicans are hoping that shows Trump winning. So what Kavanaugh is doing here from the Supreme Court is already putting his thumb on the on the on the scale and and exactly saying what Trump has been saying. Yep. And here he's not even done. Moreover, particularly in a presidential election, counting all the votes quickly can help the state promptly resolve any disputes and address any need for recounts and begin the process of canvassing and certifying the election results in an expeditious manner. He is not in any way acknowledging the difference of this election caused by the pandemic. Unbelievable. Well, this is what a political court does. It reaches decisions based on a political outcome they wish to affect. That is why, if these cases continue, that the political answer to a political problem is to politically enlarge the court. I mean, if they're going to just do this case, case, case and do it every single time, then fine. I have absolutely no problems with putting in four more judges and and, uh, and writing the court. Excuse me, lefting the court. Yeah. No, balancing the court. Of course. I'm just saying that, you know, this isn't paying. It's not we who are playing politics. It is they. And if that's the game they're going to play, then the only way to correct the situation is to play the game. I I don't see any of this. Oh, dear. No. I mean, I don't feel any compunction about this at all. And I don't feel compunction about it because uh, the lives of my daughter and my granddaughter depend on it. The lives of everybody that isn't white, male, and Christian depends on it. So I don't, you know, these little, oh, oh my God, the court's been this way for 100 years. Who gives a shit? No, it's it's not written in law. You know, law. we've I, kept black people down for 400 years. That's a precedent too. Oh God, unbelievable! I have no problem with it, and and I'm not and I'm not up for giving them much of a chance uh, either. No, me either. So that's uh, that's chilling. Just want you to know. Um, what else do I have here? Oh, um, have there was this article that I read, and it was chilling. Too. <laughs> so many chilling things. Um, this is about the growth in what is called 
Christian nationalist churches. I mean, this well, that's is a odd. church where they all go in with their uh, AK-47s and yeah. pray, and then and, and then, no and, and no masks. And shoot people. Yeah, right. and it's like there's no line between their Christianity and their politics. And um, this is growing. There are more and more congregations. And um, the article said that no other factor, and obviously, predicts a vote for Trump than adherence to a Christian nationalist ideology. It's also a strong, stronger predictor of Americans' attitudes about race, yep. gender, yep. Islam, yep. sexuality, yep. and mask wearing than yep. any traditional political ideology. More than one-third, just so we got this clear, <clears throat> more than one-third of Americans say that um, – I can't uh, say that the United States is currently and has always been a Christian Christian nation. nation. Yes. Right. And 40%, now this is weird, 30% say it is and always has been a Christian nation. And 40%, even more, agree that God granted the United States a special role in human history. Oh, for heaven's sakes. How is that more than the people who well, are even – You know, this is just this, this <clears throat> stupid American exceptionalism, you know, that it, that they oh. can take power from – I, you know, really. Oh, dear God in heaven. Um, I'm just saying this stuff is just chilling. In the article I read about these things, one of the people who belongs to one of the churches is no big shocker here. The sister of Newt Gingrich. Right. Yeah. Um, we have a caller. Hello. It's a world gone mad, Lynn. Yep. <laughs> it is a world gone mad. This is Dave from Washington. Hi, Dave. I'm going to behave myself, unlike last week when I called you and I kind of went off the rails a little bit. You know what? I want to talk to you. Wait a minute, David. I actually I was thinking of you when I read this in the science section today, because uh, Susan. Uh, You're thinking of me? Yeah, Dave went off the rails last uh, time he called, um, like screaming, ranting, raving, yeah. and I told him I'm worrying about your. Your blood pressure. Hey, well, I'll here. tell you why. You're absolutely right. I can explain why. But go ahead and tell me what you're going. Okay, I'm just going to tell you this is science here. Scientists have tracked hospitalizations for acute cardiovascular incidents in the weeks after the last presidential election. And this was a big review. Three million adults were studied. Yeah. Uh, the rate of heart attack after Trump's election four years ago increased <laughs> – by 67% in the two days after the election, and strokes increased by 59%. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Okay, i just <laughs> just here to tell you that it is – She's just worried about you, that's all. <laughs> I'm telling well, you, it's, it's here. Psycholi stressors such as anger – uh, anxiety, depression are associated with, yeah, increases in, car you know, strokes and heart attacks. And um, political campaigns and elections can absolutely kill you. I'm just saying. It is amazing. Very few things have gotten me as fired up over my lifetime as politics in general. You know, I thought life under George W. Bush was bad. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, my God, what I wouldn't give to go back to those days. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> here's, I think, why last week was so bad. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to go vote in person next week. I have to use my mail-in ballot because last night I was diagnosed with COVID-19. <gasps> ah. 
Yeah, but I feel fine. Now, last week, I wasn't feeling very well at all. You know, every year, um, especially in the heart of winter, you get that crud up in your chest and your chest and your sinuses and the headache and the achiness. And it's just a respiratory thing. And you go to the doctor, and they give you some zithromycin. They call it a Z-pac. Right. Five days later, you're fine. And that's what I kind of thought I had last week. I missed a couple of days of work. And, you know, I felt horrible, to be honest with you. But then I felt a little better on Friday and Saturday. So I went to work. And I thought, maybe I'll buy a thermometer. Actually, I went to, I went to my – that's right, that's right. No, back up. I went to the VA on – I'm a veteran. I went to the VA on Wednesday, the day I had off, just to have them hit me in the head with a the thermometer just to see if I had a fever. And I did not. So that's when I figured, okay, I've just got this damn crud. Um, but then over the weekend, I felt bad, so I went and bought a thermometer, and yesterday when I hit it, I was 101.4. And I was like, ah, okay. damn it. So I went to MedExpress. Sure enough, came back positive. <laughs> so, cool, I get a couple of days off work, you know, as much time as I want, pretty much. Uh, right now, I feel better than I did last week. I would have gone to work today if I hadn't done this. Jesus. You know, I feel, I feel kind of shitty, but I always feel shitty, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, um, and you're the good. guy. You're the now. Where do you think you got that? You didn't get it by any chance, sitting in bars screaming at people. Uh, yeah, I probably did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> did. There's a little doubt in my mind. That's exactly where I got it because everyone oh. in the bar is sick. <laughs> but uh, oh, really? Yeah. Everybody yeah. in the bar is sick. Well, not everybody, but there's. It's gone through the bar, and the bar right now is closed. So <laughs> yeah, that's probably exactly where I got. It. <laughs> But, Damn, uh, Dave. That's okay. That's what you got to do, I guess. Um, 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 <sighs> but so, so what's kind of funny is you know, I'm a state employee, and bam, it's just burning through all these state offices. I'm getting emails and texts and phone calls and stuff from people I haven't heard from in years. Are oh, you okay? Blah, blah, blah. I think the one guy just wants my parking space if I die, so I'm not going <laughs> to email him back. <laughs> um it's, you know, so anyway, I can't. You know, you're know. probably right about that. <laughs> you know what, though? So you don't know when exactly you first had it. So you don't no. know how long a run, how far along you are with this. And not that, that is there's correct. A, yeah. Now, in the past two weeks, uh, I went to the dentist. I called them today. Uh, I got my car inspected, so I called them today. I had uh, dinner with my daughter. I called her. And other oh. than my office in the bar. There's really no place else that I've been. Uh, the grocery store, yeah, but I've always got a mask on, and I'm not close to anybody at the grocery store. Take out food, again, the same thing. So I'm not really worried about those places. Um, just those ones. The office, the dentist, uh, the, the car place where I got inspected, and even then I bought glass. And, you know. But anyway, so I've, I've been calling people today. Um, I'm thinking, well, what I should do is let's go find a bunch of idiots walking around without masks because, of course, this isn't really important, right? It isn't really happening. And, and shake awesome. their hands yeah. and give them a hug. Just talking to real loud. And they're great trumpet, man, Trump, yay! Yeah. And, um, <laughs> because it's not going to hurt them, right? Right, of course not. So oh, my God. The funny God. thing is, the crazy thing is, I'm in a better mood today, knowing I've got this life-threatening disease. Yeah. I had a week ago, and I was just not feeling well, and I was cranky. Well, so listen, Dave, you sound great. I hope. Well, you know, he sounds great because he's 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 not worried anymore about what we're all worried about. He's there. Yeah. As long as it doesn't get any worse. Uh, Also, I'm pretty happy because you know I'm gonna take at least a week off work, maybe a little bit longer. Who knows? So hey, listen, you mail that right away because it's a week. You know, you gotta get your ballot in then. It's going out today. But I, okay. I really did because we were talking about counting these things after the poll. Yeah, it, it, you I know. I wanted it to be over that night. I well, wanted it such be. an overwhelming walk-in. It may not be over. It's not going to be official for a couple of days, but we're going to have a pretty good idea within 48 hours. I do believe that. I think we're going to have a pretty good idea. Let's see, the thing's on Tuesday. By Wednesday night, Thursday, we should have a pretty good idea if it's going to, if it's close or if it's going to be, Trump's going to get crushed. And without being, you know, you don't want to say it out loud, but I got a funny feeling he's going to get crushed. I really do. Well, yeah, I'm not, I vacillate. I start getting, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I it hope. Like manic depressive. One yeah. day you're like, oh, we're going to kill him. The next day, oh, no, he's going to win again. Oh, my God. I know. I'm just. 
Yeah, I'm a wreck. Well, geez, Dave, that was quite a boy. <laughs> At least I didn't freak out like I did last week. No. But <laughs> what? I, was, I was excited. I don't know what that was about. So. Well, Anyways, there you go. Oh. Hey, listen, we all wish you a speedy recovery, truly. I have little Thanks. doubt that you will recover. <laughs> okay. Well, I certainly do hope so. Okay, but, well, um, you keep it. Yeah, I'll, Keep I'll, in touch. I'll update you and let you know. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right, Lynn. Bye. Bye, Susan. Be, bye. Be, bye-bye. <laughs> Feel well. Listen to me. I might have. I know. I was I was actually a little worried yesterday. My chest was, was tight. <laughs> but then God, I just decided hey. that I was I was anxious and so I <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. Oh my well, know what? That's a pretty hard, hard thing to to follow. Jeez. Um, did I have something else here? Oh, right. Um, there was this very funny thing. I wonder if I have it here. Um, <coughs> in the Washington Post today about <coughs> how you know the last four years. And we've all said it, have seemed like some, you know, crazy, yeah, reality show or, yeah, you know, some, some bad movie. Yeah, right. And, but the thing is, it, it's been, you know, really badly written and that there's all these plot lines that come in and then immediately disappear and, and 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 you know and something something big happens and then you know explodes and then then something you know it just it doesn't have any whatever some kind of it continuity. needs better writing it needs better writing exactly so what the post did is go to a bunch of um, screenwriters and they said. What are we? How do we um, fix this? Actually, the question they asked them was, "How does this end?" And um, I got to tell you, they don't know, but they do say they can't even decide what kind of a show it is. It was. Is it a comedy, a tragedy, a dystopian thriller, a political and legal drama, a medical procedural, an apocalyptic fiction, horror, satire, or is it all of those? But what they I all think it's said, all of them, yeah, yeah. Yes. But they all say what it is is completely insane. And then they just start going to look at what what's happened just in the last year. We're not even taking the last four. The virus, the lockdowns, George Floyd, the massive marches, Lafayette Square, the the fires in the West, the destruction of the economy, the deaths of RBG, the president, you know, getting sick, uh, not to mention that he was impeached. And then, you know, his tax returns, Brexit, uh, whistleblowers, super spreaders, murder hornets. I mean, you cannot keep up. Nor can you I know, make. I'd go. I'd take a. I'd take a hard turn and just go after the murder hornets. I mean, we found a nest. I. I like that. Yeah. Story. Yeah. Well, actually, somebody actually did suggest that if you want to have an end here, let's go back to something that you know, like the murder hornets come in to, to end it all. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or to be the superior race. Yeah. Or somebody had a great idea. Is that Trump goes out to make a to do a photo op appearance uh, where one of the fires are raging uh, in California, and and somehow and a redwood he, fall on him. You no, know, but he just he does. There's just something happens and and he sort of like disappears, and it turns out he has uh, made his escape um, out of the country. And um, ah yes, there has to the, be a way for him to do that. Yeah, yeah, but you know they say that he's really not a good character to center a, a show on, um, because well, here's what one says: you can't get inside him. Right. There's no. There's no actual. Um, uh, there's no inner life. 
Right. There's there, right. There's there's no actual inner motivation. Right. There's no emotional life. I mean, he is literally not a three-dimensional character. <laughs> and because of that, there's no nuance. He, he's not at war with himself. You can't make that interesting uh, in the long run. And another guy absolutely nailed it. He says, you know what he's like? He's like the shark in Jaws. Right. A ma- yeah, a massive. Right, because it's, right, with absolutely no uh, rhyme or reason to, towards its destructiveness, just the, the will to destruct. And everything is happening because of his presence. So, you know, just this massive, dumb creature causing immense destruction, but without anything that you can say is motivation or or logic. So uh, th- that screenwriter says, so, you know, that's good for, like, spectacle and gore and all that kind of stuff, but it's not good uh, for development of a character. Um, he, he he has no character, so you can't make him the lead character. Right. And so they start saying, well, maybe I, they really were trying to figure out how the hell could you do this? Um, I mean, one of them says, I mean, this is a year that's so crazy that literally actual government footage of a UFO was declassified. And nobody even and no one noticed. It. No <laughs> one even noticed. I noticed that a little while ago. Really? We aren't paying attention to the fact that they're admitting that they have all this stuff on UFOs and no one even cares? I know, yeah. and I don't remember ever saying anything about it on the show. I remember reading nope. it and thinking, oh, wow. And then you're just overwhelmed by something else. Um, but... I don't know. They say the murder hornets, though. That's a good thing. You drop a mention of murder hornets in an earlier episode. They say it's a serial, and then right, and, and then, then they come back and yeah, take over and the then world. it comes yeah. back at the end of the season in some unexpected uh, well, I way. I think that's very interesting that I came. Uh, I came uh-huh. to the same conclusion as uh-huh. the screenwriters. He said, how do you make this stuff up? There's a fact that the president's dopey son's girlfriend is also the ex-wife of the governor whose state is on fire. Like, you know, that, no, that feels too convenient. That feels like a contrivance where the producers were like, oh, well, we already have this actress. We like her. Let's just make her the same person. Those will be the same person. Um, Yeah. So, I don't know. For the ending, they don't know. They really don't know. <laughs> they think, how about something like St. Elsewhere's ending, which I don't remember. But it ended with a camera pulling back to reveal that the hospital drama all took place inside a snow globe. Right. It was all fiction. It was a figment of an autistic child's imagination. And this one writer said, "That was I don't a pretty know. rich, right, autistic child's brain to have yeah. all of that oh, uh, yeah. medical stuff going on in their uh, brain." Well, well, who knows? And then this one guy says something really interesting. I don't know who's holding the snow globe. Maybe Jeff Zucker, head of CSN <laughs> and the head of NBC, when The Apprentice. So if you think Jeff Zucker is sort of like the guy who's gave Trump his 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 stage that created the character and then went over to CNN to enrich that operation by following him constantly and, in fact, helping him get elected. I think, yes, Jeff Zucker is going to turn out to be the real villain of the piece. But somebody yeah, said, how about uh, – yeah. here, Susan, back to your idea. So here's what happens. The murder hornets come in, 
and the aliens from that UFO come in simultaneously with the rising seas. The wildfires come in from every corner. Human nature is extinguished. And that seems the only possible way to tie up all these loose ends. <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> I, was, I, I mean, the world is so crazy today that I actually read in, in I, I, either the New York Times or the Washington Post a serious article about whether Andy Cohen of Bravo should yeah. have uh, done the debates, would have been better at handling the debates. And I'm going, honest to God, you know, I know this kid. I mean, he's the son of <laughs> a woman from St. Louis that I knew. You know, I'm going, really? This is where, you, you know, it's like No, but sort here's of where we don't know the – no, here's where we haven't learned our lesson, that this confluence of – Entertainment. entertainment and politics, yes. We just don't learn. We don't learn. Nope. <sighs> that one is fiction and one is not supposed to be. Right. I it's 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 hard for me to under I I really think it's why I've been unable to read fiction anymore because um it just doesn't stand up to real life. Jesus. Well, um, uh, so Susan, I went. Yeah. Um, I had a little day trip the other day. I have not been able to go anywhere, and someone invited me out about an hour hour out of Pittsburgh uh, to this lovely little home that they had been given use of in the glorious rolling hills and valleys of. Western Pennsylvania, and I thought, well, that is cool. I can drive. You know, that's something I can do. I can drive out there with my dog, and the I mostly did it for the dog. And the dog can run because they had a huge area, a few acres. Right. So off I went. Now this place is called Ligonier, and Ligonier is where. The rich people had their homes. I mean, the really, really rich people had their homes and still do. And as I drove into Ligonier in that area, I was assaulted by Trump signs everywhere. And Trump signs and thank you, Jesus signs. And I kept thinking, for what? <laughs> Trump, Trump, thank you, Jesus. Trump, 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 Trump. Whole buildings, Trump, 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 Trump. And I thought, I said to my dog, do you think that we are going to see one, just one Biden sign before we get to where we're going? And he didn't think so, nor did I. But there was. Well, Blue didn't think so? No, Blue didn't think so. <laughs> But one, we did see one, one Biden sign. It was right after we passed this big banner that said, Flax Scutching Festival Canceled. <laughs> I think that's what it said. What's flax scutching? What's scutching? I think I remember that word, right? I well, mean, flax that? is a grain, so maybe yeah. scutching is separating the uh, wheat from the chafe or the flax from the – Something like that. But they actually out there in Trump country canceled something. So I get out there, and it turns out I make a wrong turn, <coughs> and I am – I stop the car, and this big hound dog – with a collar with a thing on it, a big, like, tracker thing, I later found out, comes running up to the car and is sniffing around, and then some other people, and then some horses and people on horseback. And then I remembered, they told me, that out there in Ligonier, this is the weekend that they have the fox hunt. Oh, for heaven's sakes. I can tell you all about the flax scutching festival, by the way, if you're interested. Not particularly, but in a sec. <laughs> However, these 
rich, waspy jerks. Play acting. And for the whole time I was there, you would see them. They'd go by on their horses, all dressed up, you know, just like a, yeah. And packs of dogs. And I thought, my God, what are they? They're torturing some fox. And then I thought, surely that's not legal. Is that legal? To do a fox hunt? It's not even legal in Great Britain anymore. But in Ligonier, anybody who knows, the Ligonier fox hunt, can they really have a fox? And we heard the horns, and then, and they come, and they're, you know, dressed up. It's like dress up for rich wasps, a dress up, play acting, we're the rich gentry. Right. It was, there was something so. They have a staged Indian raid, too. They call it an Indian raid. They have a covered wagon train encampment and a staged Indian raid. Wait a minute, Susan. Are you on the flax sketching? Yeah. The Indian raid <laughs> is a realistic battle between Indians and settlers representing the hazards of the era. Is that from the Ligonier flax sketching? That's from Salston. Salston, yes, flax sketching festival. Linen made from flax plants. <laughs> they very sorry to announce that they decided to cancel. It's in Pennsylvania, Stallstown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they have they, they, they have bad Indians with uh with yeah, face bad paint Indians coming to kill the white kill people. Them. Yeah, and they, oh, they and kill the I'm Indians, sure the right. white people come out on top here. And then all the would be British uh, aristocrats in their little red jackets and big horses come galloping by with their with their animals. <laughs> The fox runs into the big, you know, tent with all the flax and and the tent, you know, the tent falls down as the dogs come. Jesus, God, it was like a cosmic joke, except for the fact that the fox was being tortured. Well, so tell I, me, tell me, somebody, is Ligonier allowed to right have now. a live fox? I'm looking up. Gigi writes, you're right. That is exactly what that sign says, flax scutching. I volunteer for an organization out there, and I know that area well. There are a few Biden signs out that way. I saw one. Uh, it is a different world. At least the mountains are pretty. Yeah. But, God, it's like these, you know, these, because there's some huge, huge estates out there. And yeah. obviously people have... Uh, I don't know. It just made me. Uh, Pennsylvania government. Sunday hunting is unlawful to hunt on Sundays except foxes, crows, and coyotes. Wait, but this is on a Saturday. You mean they can hunt a fox? Yep. And crows? Uh-huh. Why would you hunt a crow? Fox, crows, and what? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here, I'm finding another one. It is lawful during any period designated by the commission for any fox hunting club, fox hunting organization, or individual owning or using an organized pack of five or more foxhounds to chase foxes for sport by riding after the hounds on horses or ponies after securing a permit. For God's it is sake. unlawful to chase fox by the, uh, without a permit. It's fox. unlawful to kill or attempt to kill the fox. Being well, what do you think a pack of dogs going after a fox is going to do? Play nice with it? Scare it to death. Yeah. Well, it's legal, but they can't hunt it. But what? on other things, they say, but they can. You can kill it otherwise, so I don't understand. Well, they were just having a wonderful time. They kept going one way and then going back the other, and uh, oh, clop, 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 and the hounds bang. And you know what was funny is we had, I mean, we're sitting on the front porch of this house that my friends were staying in, and my dog, who was off leash, sat on the front porch and watched as well, and he did not 
bolt after the other dogs or the horses. He just sat there like, what the fuck is going on? I was stunned that he didn't take off. But so that is the way, I guess, the rich folks in Ligonier still do their little play acting. You can't do that in Great Britain, I don't think. They banned fox hunting. But these guys, you know whose side they would have been on in the Revolutionary War? Yeah, the Brits. Yeah. Oh, my God. So anyway, there was that little slice of life. And then I came back here. (laughs) So did you enjoy your outing? It it, it somehow doesn't sound like it, dear sister. (laughs) Well, I enjoyed seeing my dog running around, and and my friends made a lovely lunch for me. And, um, yeah, and then I did. And then I had to go back. Um, God. You had had a whole afternoon of things to be disdainful about. I mean, I... (laughs) (laughs) to feel superior to people who are busily feeling superior to you. And your (laughs) response was, are you kidding? I'm so far superior to you that this is ridiculous. So it was a good time had by all. Yeah. I was thinking. Superiority feeling. I know. I was thinking they would hate me for so many reasons, including that I was a Jew. I don't believe there were any Jews on those horses. No, not Jews aren't real up on fox hunting. For one, you'd have to get close to a horse. For two, it's outside. <laughs> For three, the bathrooms what? aren't really nice. Well, I, I mean, you know, telling, it's like it's like yeah. camping. You know, there are things I we re- don't do. Yeah, I remember telling Sally Wigan when she years ago tried to get me to go with her on a safari, a horseback riding safari in uh-huh. Africa. Sure. And man, she was putting the sales pitch on. And don't worry, no, there's. I said, Sally, Sally, Sally. Number one, Jews don't ride horses. Now, well, this I is do, not really. Never yeah, I know this is not true. This is it's not true. But this <laughs> I mean, Jew do. does not ride a horse, and this Jew doesn't sleep in a tent. Although sleeping in tents in that part of Pennsylvania was the subject of another big piece in the Washington Post in the last few days. About glamping. glamping. Yeah. And I read that, and that's exactly where I was. That's the area I was in. And guys, glamping, people pay. I couldn't believe what it cost. They pay, what was it, $1,000 a night to sleep in a tent in the Laurel Highlands, but a tent that has a lovely bed. And, you know, you're given nice food, and there's yoga in the morning. And there's a toilet. You share the toilet. Did you hear that? They said there was a shared toilet. Well, then that's, I'm sorry. How's that glamping? That's not glamping. Uh. (laughs) Oh, my God. Glamping is a tent that only has one toilet but serves two occupants. Okay. Whatever. So that, that, would I, be, that would be a, a you know that would be a little bit of a sacrifice. All I'm saying is, the woman, the the travel writer, I guess, who did this, uh, will never do it again. She uh, wow. she said she froze to death in her <laughs> clamp in her glamping tent. God almighty. I don't know. The rich, I want to kill them. I do. I do. I want to kill them all. You know, the the hounds and the horses should have run right through a glamped up tent. That would have right. been good. Okay, I got to stop. I'm filled with uh, I have with rage. And Peggy, oh, yeah, it's 10.04. Okay, yeah, I got to go box. Oh, geez. Okay, well, you go. I, hauled, you go. I just want you to know I hauled that guy inside i emptied him i hauled him inside i refilled him and then i thought but i hadn't put his body back on the stand and then i realized now i'm in the basement and the ceiling is too low 
to get his body on the basement on the on the on the uh on the pole upon which the boxing buddy sits and then I realized no problem and I poked him up through the ceiling of the uh basement <laughs> you mean how'd you poke him through the ceiling cuz it's well, a little Well you know that I it occurred to me that those those um ancient old uh, tiles are just re- resting on a frame right 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 and, so and then if you poke them up there is yeah. you know the ceiling's a foot above that i don't know why they lowered the ceiling thusly but they did so i just poked him up into the ceiling i told him to look around uh, and then i popped him right on so now well, i'm back inside for the winter yeah aren't we all yeah. Well, okay, okay uh, Suze, uh, thank you for, for uh, this. Mostly and, listening, you're welcome. And <laughs> thank you for, um, I mean, and, and good luck to Dave in Washington. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's all I have. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, guys, that's all I got. I don't know. You know, I have to tell you. I read the paper now. There's nothing in it I want to talk about. I'm just in a holding pattern, aren't you? We're just sitting here waiting, waiting, and I have nothing to say. I think that's fairly obvious. (laughs) So I'm sorry about that, but we're going to wait. Okay, be well. Stay out of crowded bars and don't argue with Trump supporters when you're in them. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.